This is News Talk 980 CKNW. Well, it was the announcement people were expecting. What we didn't know was the timing. We now know the bridge tolls will be gone as of September 1st. Uh, We're going to talk a bit about that. And Mike Smith with the province, also a host here on CKNW, joins us on the line. Mike, good morning to you. Morning, Jill. Good morning. Uh, I want to talk about bridge tolls, but also uh, you've written, I think, what a lot of people were talking about and wondering about, and this is uh, the focus of your column this morning, uh, the relationship between Andrew Weaver and John Horgan, because it certainly didn't take long for Andrew Weaver to come out uh, saying he didn't think, he didn't like this idea of bridge tolls being removed. Oh, this is just the latest thing that Andrew Weaver doesn't like about this new NDP government. Uh, Weaver's been just smashing and bashing the NDP pretty much on a on a daily basis. So he's unhappy about the bridge tolls. He was mad about the uh, minimum wage, fair wages commission. He was mad about grizzly bear hunting. He's mad about the labor codes. He's, he's mad about all kinds of stuff. And yeah, that's the subject of my column in the province newspaper today and um basically the headline on it is with friends like this guy does the ndp need any enemies so it is interesting to see because uh, see him criticizing the ndp like this because of course he's in a governing agreement with them now so i can i think what he's up to is just trying to maintain a separate identity for himself and for the green party uh he doesn't want to be seen as some kind of lapdog of the ndp so I think you're going to see more of this from Weaver. Because it's not really surprising either when you look at the green platform from the last election. These were all things that differed from the NDP take on them. And he's still going to support the NDP. That's still the agreement that's in right. place. Yeah, they, they've got a deal to maintain the NDP minority government in power. So even though he may uh, disagree with the NDP in a lot of individual policies and and ideas, he will still, when the rubber hits the road in the legislature and they have to vote on something like the budget or a confidence motion in the legislature, the deal still stands that the the Green Party will still support the NDP and keep them in power. And I really think that that is critical because if you look at the big picture here, the big prize for the BC Green Party, I believe, is proportional representation voting system. That's really what they want. It would elect a lot more Green MLAs. And he, doesn't, he, he certainly does not want to vote the NDP out of power until they can deliver on that with a referendum next year. So I think that's sort of the big picture of what they want down the road. But in the meantime, it's interesting to see the, the ACM going after the NDP and a lot of individual policies and ideas. It's also interesting, I'm finding, to see somebody with just three seats and votes in many cases that people have said they voted for, not because they were huge Green Party fans, but because they were disgruntled with the party they would generally vote for. Uh, this person with three seats and just 16% uh, getting so many headlines, getting so much time for and, and talking about these provincial issues. Yeah, I think it's quite strategic in him doing that. And I suspect what you will see is the NDP may very likely back down on some of the things that Weaver is complaining about. Like, for example, he was angry about the labor code changes that the NDP wanted to bring in. The NDP wanted to get rid of a secret ballot provision for certifying a union in in BC. is something the labor movement has wanted for a long time. Weaver's opposed to that. I suspect you will see the NDP maybe back away from that. And I think that that's a, in the minds of the Green Party and maybe even the New Democrats to extent, this might not be a bad thing because if the public 
can see or perceive that, wow, this minority government is actually working, you can see how the NDP are kind of moderating their policies because there's another party criticizing them. So maybe this minority government thing is not a bad idea. Maybe we should vote yes for a proportional representation in that referendum next year, which would likely result in more minority governments. So that's kind of the, the sort of the bigger picture thinking around what Weaver is up to here, because I think that's really what it's all about. He wants that. He wants to make sure they get that proportional representation system in place next year. Uh, is that also why you think uh, we're seeing uh, announcements such as uh, he made? Uh, he held a news conference and made the announcement on how he wants to protect farmland, uh, which it's it seemed like it seemed like a government announcement, and you had to keep reminding yourself, wait a minute, this is this is the Green Party, not the governing party. Yeah, I mean, he's he doesn't want to be seen as beholden to uh, John Horgan, that the Green Party is just some kind of little puppet organization of the NDP. They want to maintain that separate identity. They want to continue to come up with their own independent ideas. And we shall see if the NDP adopts some of them. I suspect they probably will come up with some of these ideas. And again, to show the public that this minority government thing is, is working here. Uh, he came out swinging against the idea of removing the bridge tolls. Andrew yeah. Weaver would like to see more tolls, more uh, mobility, more road pricing, that kind of thing. Uh, what are your thoughts on, yes, it was a campaign promise, the NDP had to come through with this or, or face major criticism, but what happens now? They didn't really answer any of well, the questions about where the money now comes from and what happens next. Yeah, well, I thought it was very artfully timed announcement. They had the news conference with the perfect photo op there right on the banks of the Fraser River in Poco there with the Portman Bridge looming in the background, so kind of picture perfect for the TV cameras. They immediately announced the tolls were gone on the electronic highway signs on both bridges, so you got hundreds of thousands of drivers will continue to cross both those bridges this week, and as they do, they're going to see those electronic signs saying, uh, we're coming to the rescue here. One more week, we'll be picking your pocket here, and then the tolls will be gone, so... You know, I thought that was kind of smart, but I think maybe the most nifty piece of timing here was the announcement that the tolls, as you mentioned, will end on September 1st, this Friday. And, of course, that is the Friday of the Labor Day long weekend. So drivers heading out on the road for the last holiday weekend of the summer this weekend will be able to cross the Port Man and Goldeneers Bridges and just feel great. They can celebrate the final holiday weekend is here, and I'm crossing this bridge for free. Oh, it feels so good. So you got to hand it to the government here for the way they managed to extract the maximum political benefit out of this announcement, which is, as you mentioned, a key election promise. But there are still lots of unanswered questions because, of course, getting rid of the tolls knocks a big revenue hole in the government's books. And both of these bridges are heavily in debt. And that debt will now have to be transferred onto the books of government, and that creates a lot of problems on their own. So, yeah, lots, still lots of unanswered questions here. So I hope when everybody's driving over the bridge and yelling out, I'm crossing for free, enjoy the weekend, but maybe after the weekend is when we come down from that high and remember yeah. nothing is free. Yeah, nothing. there's no free lunch, and, there, and there's no free uh, bridges, or someone's got to pay the piper here for, for this infrastructure, and... The where is the money going to come from now? If you remember back in the election campaign, the NDP said, "Yeah, we'll get rid of these tolls on these bridges," and uh, they were asked, "Well, where are you going to get the money to pay f- to come up with the lost revenue?" And they said, "Oh, no problem. We can just take it out of Christy Clark's LNG Prosperity Fund." If you remember, even though we didn't have any LNG, 
the previous government set up this prosperity fund, and they put $500 million into that fund as kind of seed money in there. And that money's just been sitting there ever since like a piggy bank. And the government, the NDP said, we, we will break that piggy bank, we'll take that money out of there. Now, the, the tolls on the Portman and the Golden Ears uh, a year raise roughly, it's well over $150 million bucks a year in tolls. So that money in that LNG Prosperity Fund covers that for uh, two or three years. But then what do you do after that? Where, where do you get the lost revenue after that? Then there's also the question of the debt of these bridges that goes onto the books of government, and that's triggered an even uh, bigger concern that if the government takes on all this new debt, does that then trigger a credit downgrade by a, a bond rating agency like Moody's or something? We currently have a AAA credit, credit rating here in B.C. If that gets downgraded because the government's loading on all this new debt onto the books of government, that could trigger, in turn, higher interest costs on our accumulated debt, so that dings taxpayers even more if we're paying more in interest charges on our debt. And critics of this move yesterday were pointing out, look, um, that's just going to take away money from badly needed social programs and that kind of thing. So these are the sort of the, the nitty-gritty money details that the government, the NDP, didn't really want to talk about much on Friday. They just wanted to pat themselves on the back and say, yee-haw, look at us, we're getting rid of these tolls. But, you know, there's lots of questions there about, well, where, does the, where do you get the money to pay for this stuff? And what about the debt? And what about these interest charges? That stuff are down the road. Well, is the hope then by government that by the time the Prosperity Fund dries up, the uh, mobility pricing team will have come through and will then have road pricing and perhaps be making it up that way? Well, yeah, because uh, Metro Vancouver mayors right now have set up this road pricing commission that they're studying for how do we come up with money? Because Metro Vancouver and TransLink, they need money for their transit plan, and they're trying to figure out a way to get it. Now, mobility pricing could include any number of ways of raising money. Uh, it could include a fuel sales tax, vehicle permit charges, uh, an, an insurance fee, like some sort of premium on your ICBC, tolls. It could include more tolls. So even though the NDP were put up this big sign at this news conference on Friday that said, <clears throat> toll-free BC, um, there could be more tolls later because that's ex- one of the things that the TransLink or the Metro Vancouver mayors are studying. There's all kinds of different ways to extract money from drivers, uh, time of use distance or time of use fees, congestion charges. So all of that, Jill, is coming down the road, and the government's kind of kicking the can down the road here. They don't want to talk about that stuff right now. They just want to talk about how great it is to get rid of these tolls. But someone's got to pay the piper later. Exactly. After yeah. everybody enjoys their weekend. After, yeah. Everyone <laughs> enjoy the weekend, the holiday weekend this uh, this weekend. Enjoy going over those bridges for free. But just like you said, just remember, nothing's, nothing's free forever. All right, Mike, thanks so much for joining awesome. us. Appreciate it. You betcha. Vancouver's News, Vancouver's Talk. This is News Talk 980 CKNW.